In this episode, I talk with Ken Herman, the founder of the Association of Pickleball Professionals. Ken discusses his vision for the tour and where the events will be in 2021. He also surprises me with tales of noodles and groupies. Be sure to listen to find out more. So let's get to the intro to hear from Ken. Welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast, where it's all about pickleball. Today, I would like to welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast, Ken Herman. How are you doing today, Ken? Hey, Lynn. Great to be here. It's awesome. Well, Ken, I wanted to have you on the podcast because you're the founder of the APP, which is a professional pickleball tour. And I want to get into, you know, a lot about the tour. But first, let's just start with kind of your origin of how you got started playing pickleball and being involved in tournaments. Sure. That's a great question. So I started playing competitive, competitively myself about two or three years ago. I was actually doing research. I was a former tennis club owner and was doing research with putting up another tennis club. I'm up in the Chicagoland area. And in doing so, had a conversation with one of the members from the Wilson team and said, well, I hope you're putting pickleball in court. I hope you're putting pickleball courts in this new venture that you're doing. And like everyone else, I said, you know, what the heck is pickleball? And then through, through that conversation, just started to educate myself. And I figured, well, I might as well start playing the sport myself and, and see how I can do there. And then became involved with teaching and then got myself certified and, and then started, you know, running programs up here throughout the Chicagoland area as well for people that have the same interests and uh, passion for the game as you and I both have. Well, that's pretty amazing in terms of the time frame. If you just started playing pickleball two or three years ago, and then now getting to the point where you've founded <laughs> a professional tour. I know, I know. So a lot of a lot of late nights. There's no doubt about that. But the tour itself, the APP stands for the Association of Pickleball Professionals, and what it is is it really is a tour for both pros, senior pros, and amateurs. Where we start off, we're actually kicking off the 2020 one campaign in Punta Gorda, Florida, January 7th through the 10th at the Pickleplex facility down there with a terrific group of ambassadors and, and, and a pickleball club there at Punta Gorda that is, has gone up and beyond, you know, needing of extra volunteers that we need to run the event. And we have 16 events throughout the entire year. And our, our, our campaign is the road to Miami, the road to the Miami Open. The Miami Open is our event that is our season-ending championships to be held January of 2022 in Miami. So players will have the opportunity to play in events, chart their results, see how they do. And if they're fortunate to qualify for Miami, hopefully get that experience as well in January of 2022. Well, that's great. I mean, that's amazing. Like I said, that you've come so far and... I know you were going to have a number of tour events in 2020. How, how did that go when, you know, with COVID and everything? <laughs> yeah, that, I'm always the big one airing on the side of caution. So we did have 12 events slated for 2020 and we ended up getting four event tour stops in. We ended up getting Chicago in, which was an event that was played over Labor Day weekend in September. And then from there, we went to Cincinnati. We got our event in, in Las Vegas. And then we concluded last year at Hilton Head at Sarah Ansbury's facility down in, down in Hilton Head, Punta Palmetto Dunes Tennis and Pickleball Resort. 
So it was a nice way to kind of wrap up the tour there. And now we're just trying to regroup and reset here as we enter upon 2021. We did hold three exhibitions as a safety way of reopening the sport back up for a live stream audience at home and also for those players that were able to play in it. And we held an eight-player pros exhibition, kind of like a one-day shootout, as you would call it. And we did one of those with the Bend Pickleball Club up in Bend, Oregon. We did another one with the great team up in Grand Rapids, Michigan, the folks that host the Beer City Open, which is probably the premier tournament in all of the Midwest. And then the last one we did was down in Atlanta with an event down there in Atlanta as well. So we really did get seven events in year-end. But again, as we're all monitoring COVID, we're cautiously optimistic about the 2021 campaign. Well, I've been to the pickleball facility there at Hilton Head at Palmetto Dunes, and that's a, a beautiful place. I bet you had a great tournament there. It, it was a great tournament. Being in the fall in South Carolina is a just a terrific place. The humidity was gone. You literally can walk up a fourth of a mile, as you know, and you're right there on the ocean. And Sarah does a terrific job out there, along with the director of racket sports, John Kerr. And we were just so thrilled and honored to be a part of that, that venue. Now, besides COVID being a challenge for the tour, what other challenges did you have in getting things started? Well, you know, you always want to make sure that you are credible with not only the players, but also with your sponsors and then kind of the team that you put together. So any first year new company always has, you know, that credibility test, making sure you're getting back with your people, you show that you're viable. I think every new startup company that's ever taken place, we've had some of those same similar challenges. You know, one of the things we've always got to do is make sure we just have a surplus of volunteers. The decision I made was to go ahead and sanction the tour. So I've really got a great relationship with the folks at USA Pickleball. Justin Maloof, the executive director, Karen Parrish, who kind of heads up the adult competition, tournament competition phase. You know, I've got great communication with them. And one of the goals that they set forth for me as the uh, creative founder of the tour, was helping them continue to grow the sport of pickleball. So what I did not want to do with this tour was just to go ahead and put, you know, six tournaments in Arizona and five tournaments in Florida and another four tournaments out there in California. I really want to see if we can grow this sport. So, you know, taking an event to Chicago, which there's never been a professional event in Chicago, and then going to Cincinnati and going to Hilton Head, it blew my mind that at that unbelievable facility at Palmetto Dunes, they had never had a pro event there. So here we are just trying to, you know, bring either pro pickleball or a, a higher end caliber tournament into some of these new exciting cities. And then when we leave, hopefully there's an impression and an impact that has been made there that, that people get hooked on the game and then continue to enjoy it. Yeah. And one of the other things I like about what you're doing that you had said at the beginning was you know, the tournaments aren't just for the pros and senior pros. You've got amateurs involved too, don't you? That's exactly right. So the pathway for an amateur player heading to the Miami Open is the same as it would be for a pro or senior pro. You know, your amateurs are making close to 65, 70% of your draws. And I really want to make sure that I go up and beyond what I can do to make sure that the amateurs have a good and unique experience at our events. Yeah, that's definitely great. Now, you got the, obviously, your tour together pretty quickly, but I understand now there's a little bit of competition for a pro tour, another one. Well, I didn't get it together that quickly. There was a lot of hard work that went into it. I started working on the 
the vision and the concept of the tour really back in almost the fall of 2018, early winter of 2019. And I brought a couple people on board as advisors that I was throwing ideas around and going through the vision and just kind of the platform of what I wanted the APP to be all about and how I was hoping it would make an impact with growing the sport in a positive way. So we launched the tour or we, we went public with the knowledge of the tour about seven months, eight months later in June of 2019 that we were going to start the tour up in, in January of 2020. And so there was a kind of a lot of preparation that came up with that. As with everything in life, another tour came along. I don't know if I was an inspiration for that tour. They came out maybe four or five months after we kind of launched our tour. But I think right now the world of pickleball, if, if the other tour does well, that's great for pickleball. If we do well, that's great for pickleball. And I've got a nice relationship with the folks with the other tour. And I, I think both tours are going to be able to survive and do just fine. It, it, it's clear to me that I think both tours have different visions and different goals of where they're trying to take the product that we're launching here. And, and I think it's all good. It's a win-win for the, hopefully for the players. Yeah. And like you said, right now, you've got that relationship with USA Pickleball. So I would imagine that's very helpful too for you. Well, no doubt about that. And, and, and one of the biggest things I'm trying to do with helping them is continuing to grow their membership base. If you are going to play in an APP event, you are required to join the USA Pickleball Association. There's a lot of great incentives that are there for you to become a member of USA Pickleball. But, you know, if, if that can be something that we can do to help c- create additional awareness for the organization, then that's all good. I think a lot of people, from what I've heard, with, from what I've seen and have had dialogues with internationally, everyone looks towards USA Pickleball as kind of like the leader in the pack. Our, our countries over abroad and in Australia and over in the, in the Orient, they, they are looking at USA Pickleball as a role model as they're seeing growth in their countries with the sports. Well, you've talked a lot about your vision, which I think is great. And um, it sounds like you'll be, you know, fulfilling that. Tell me a little bit about, you know, what are you thinking if, if you feel like sharing about what's going to happen after 2021 with your tour? Yeah, that's a great question there. So I'm always, I, w- I was on the phone this morning with Melissa McCurley, as a matter of fact, and we were already thinking 2022, 2023. You know, we went from 12 events in 2020 to now 16 events. And there's actually a couple more that we may be adding to the calendar this year in 2021. Where do I see the tour going? If we're fortunate that we can create, that we can keep creating good experiences for the players and for the pros and, and we're doing a quality job with that. We certainly were thrilled this year to have a, a lady with the premier tournament in England, a lady that you interviewed shortly, Karen Mitchell with the English Open. Their event is a part of the APP tour this year. So through my conversations and workings with them, we're excited about having the first big international event become a part of the APP tour. And we're looking at ways to continue to strengthen and grow that relationship with additional stops over in Europe in 2022. Yeah, that that's great. I had a wonderful talk with Karen and she's just so helpful and so upbeat. Very much so. Very much so. And what I and what I value and appreciate about Karen is she's actually a, a leader but she's actually a doer. Her and her tournament co-director Sam Bashford have just been terrific to work with. I kind of pitched them the idea about helping and joining with the APP tour about a year or so ago and just through working with them and in our communication back and forth 
I think currency is the vision that I would love for the APP tour to do, especially as we go over internationally. And she certainly will be heavily involved with us with the success of that. Now, since you did get in a few tournaments in 2020, tell me a little bit about what the tournaments were like, you know, who some of the pros were attending, you know, how did people, how were people able to be a spectator do, you know, with COVID and everything, just give a feel for that. Yeah. Well, that's, that's another great question there. The decision was made for the Chicago and for the Cincinnati opens that we close the venues. And when we did that players, volunteers, referees, the tournament team support staff, we were all allowed access into the venue, but we did not let spectators come into the venue at all. We were trying very hard to keep our numbers down low and to also encourage the social distancing. One of the things that we did is we we employed COVID ambassadors that were walking around with six-foot noodles that you would swim on in your pool, reminding people to stay six feet apart from one another and to social distance as we had our signs and numerous PA announcements that were taking place. We just saw representation from an amateur level. We started getting groupies and people that came to the tour in Chicago followed us to Cincinnati and then they followed us to Hilton Head. So it was wonderful to see that. And they were kind of, they were buying into the vision that I was trying to lay out there for them about how we're trying to offer you high quality tournaments with good competition and a way to kind of chart your progress and your results with hopefully getting that, that entry into you know, the, the Miami Open in January. From a pro standpoint, a senior pro standpoint, we were fortunate that we had all the top pros and senior pros take place in, in our events. Some of them took place in several of the events out there, as you can see off of our current standings list that's on our website. But it, hopefully the pros all felt we did a good job with them and, uh, and we're able to take care of them. I know that this is kind of an, a wonderful position for the pros to be in right now because with there being additional professional events out there, more and more of them can start using pickleball really as a full-time career job for them where they can earn enough money throughout the year to support themselves and their families. Well, things are really changing for the pros. And before I forget, I just wanted to go back to the um, swimming pool noodles. I mean, that's, that, that's a great concept. You know, it's a serious situation, but that's really a, a fun way to make sure people are adhering to the social distancing that they should be doing. Yeah. So, you know, we cannot mandate that everyone wears a mask or a face shield. The, the tour provides all volunteers with masks and face shields. And we certainly certainly, you know, request that people wear them for safety. I'm always in a mask or a face shield trying to lead by example. And that was just a great idea that one of my ladies in, in the, for the Chicago Open came up with. So we've got 100 noodles in our truck that when we go to venue to venue, we whip out the noodles and just remind people politely to keep six feet apart. <laughs> well, it sounds like if you had, you know, groupies in 2020 and they were going from event to event with you, I can't even imagine what it's going to be like, you know, once you can also have spectators too. Well, very true. So we'll, we'll just cross that when it happens. The decision was made for Punta Gorda that we are going to close that event also to spectators. We all, everyone's aware of the fact that even though the vaccines are coming out, you know, Christmas is right around the corner. I think on a, on a national level, we, we did see a little bit of a spike in cases after Thanksgiving holiday. So you know, the decision was made by the tournament team for Punta Gorda to limit that to just the players, volunteers, refs, so that we can just do the best job we can do to keep everyone safe. 
And so how are people able to watch the tournament then if it's closed? We've got the APP live stream team, a gentleman named Kyle Salenko, who I know has also been a guest of yours on your show, heads up our production. And uh, he does a terrific job with that. And all, all matches can be viewed off of the live stream, off of the APP Facebook and YouTube pages. Well, that's great. I just have a couple questions to finish sure. up because I know you're really busy. Just tell me about what you think is going to be the impact of, you know, the new rule changes in pickleball around the serve and, you know, especially like the drop serve, being able to drop it, have the ball bounce before you actually hit a serve. You know, that's, that's so bizarre. I'm actually going to be playing pickleball for the first time in like three weeks. So since the rules have come out, I've never even done a drop serve on my own. So I, I'm going to be fortunate to see if I can even do one. I want to get out there and try a couple of drop serves myself and see what it's all about. You know, the sport's evolving and the sport's changing. So uh, there, I'm sure that the referees and the folks involved with USA Pickleball that put these guidelines into place had, you know, they've got great reasonings for why they want to do it. We certainly are going to uphold by all the latest rules changes that have gone into place. And, uh, you know, again, as I said, I want to see if I can even do a drop serve and get a drop serve in. I, I, I've never done one before. Well, I, I'm thinking with the pros, there might be a few more aces possibly. There could be. I mean, there very well could be. And uh, it, it, it's just going to be exciting. You know, one of the things that we did with the Chicago Open this year is, you know, many of our events we canceled because of COVID. And really for Chicago, we were the first ones out of the gate as far as having it be a full pro and amateur event. So we had a lot of eyes on us and, and strictly adhered to our COVID procedures. You know, Punta Gorda is the first weekend in January, new year, new you. And I, I will be there hands-on looking to see how these changes are, talking to the players more importantly and getting feedback from them as far as how they felt the changes were. And, and certainly representation from USA Pickleball will be at the event monitoring all of it and we're all looking to just hopefully continue to make great improvements for the sport but then also get players feedback off of how they feel these changes impact their games well i'm definitely looking forward to watching on the live stream and streaming you know any thoughts when you're gonna make it to connecticut new york area well we are very much in in the range right now of heading up the east coast with the tour it looks as if during the month of August, we've got a couple of spots that we're going to be going up the East Coast. So we're, we're close to finalizing the deals right now, but we are very excited about continuing to grow the sport. I believe there are 13 regions right now with USA Pickleball, and the APP Tour has stops in nine out of the 13 regions. One of the goals that Karen has set upon me is to try to get an APP event in all 13 regions. So if we can head up that East Coast, we certainly will get one more off that bucket list. And then give me a sense in terms of the prize money for the tournaments for the pros and how it works for both the senior pros and the pro divisions. Yep, that's a great question. So the tour this year has a prize pool of $650,000. And what I did this year differently with the tour is I created three separate mini-series within the tour itself. We've got a West Coast series that consists of five tournaments, which is probably highlighted by the SoCal Classic, which is probably the premier tournament in Southern California, held at the Bobby Riggs Tennis Center, which is owned by Steve and Jennifer Dawson. Then from there, we travel to the Midwest. We have another series of five events in the Midwest series, uh, with probably Beer City being the, the cherry on top of the Sunday with that event. 
Andrea Coop and Paul Richards are co-tournament directors with that event. And that's held up at Grand Rapids. And they've got a terrific, terrific pickleball membership program club ambassadors all up there. I had the experience of getting to work with them this past year. And then we're going to have a Southern Series. The Southern Series will consist of events down in Hilton Head. We've got to stop in Atlanta this year. The Southern Series will also be the premiere of the Delray Beach Pickleball Open, which for us will be March 18th through the 21st this year, co-hosted by the Waters, Anna Lee and Lee Water, and along with top senior pro Steve Kennedy. So it's my hope that if I can put our events this year in a regional geographical range, that that'll be easier for the, for the players to get to. And then, of course, if they want to play other events in other regions, they can do that. For the payouts for the pros and senior pros, we have a 70-30 split at each, at each venue with pros taking home 70% of the, the prize purse and senior pros are taking home 30%. And we always try to put our pay schedule, pay sheets out there well ahead of the tournament so people can see, you know, if they're interested in trying to make a little bit of money, what's available out there for them to earn. Well, that's great. It sounds like you've really got everything covered and will just be growing and growing <laughs> as the sport goes. <laughs> I don't know if I've got everything covered. I, I I looked at my list today and there's two things that I need to think about that I haven't done yet. It's every day you think you've got things checked off and then there's always a couple more things that come on up. But there certainly are some terrific people that have been heavily involved with the success of the APP tour. A dynamite lady here in Chicago by the name of Dana Joseph I actually co-tournament directs several of these events with me. And then I, I really have three kind of special advisors advisors that I look toward. I look towards guidance and uh, leadership. And one of them is Melissa McCurley, who has been on this venture with me, even when it was just on a napkin in a restaurant when I pitched the idea to her, along to Byron Frezzo, who's our head referee of the entire APP tour, and Edward Hector, who is the CEO of uh, Pickleball Central. So I'm just fortunate to have those three people, you know, tied in my my corner deeply and often look forward to their wisdom and guidance as we're just trying to make good decisions for everyone. That sounds great. And I will let you get back to your list, but if somebody does <laughs> want to reach out to you, where's the best place to contact you? Sure. We've got a, a brand new updated website that has been launched a couple of days ago, www.apptour.org. And then if you need to get in touch with me, there's emails on there to reach me and phone numbers and so on and so forth. Well, great. I will definitely put that in the show notes. And I very much appreciate your time and being on the podcast. Lynn, thanks for all that you're doing to help grow the sport of pickleball. I love how you've always got different people with different voices of what they're trying to contribute to the sport and to the game. And, you know, thanks for all that you do to help grow the game. All right. Well, I appreciate that. And thanks again. Thank you for listening to the Pickleball Fire podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to give it a five-star review on Apple iTunes.